The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello there. Hope you're having a great day, and thank you for joining us here on Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. You're always welcome with us, and today we have a question and answer about the Reformed tradition. Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates will be our discussion leaders as we talk about doubt and assurance of salvation, and is that possible in the Reformed tradition? And if you're wondering about the assurance of salvation, is it possible, is it probable, then it would be a great day for you to stay right here and listen for the next few minutes. And we will get to that discussion in just a moment. I want to tell you about our website, faithalone.org, a great place for all kinds of theological resources, answers to other questions you might have, lots of articles and videos and books that will be helpful to you. And I want you to know about the Grace Evangelical Society's National Conference 2023 coming up in May. The dates are May the 22nd through the 25th, and we'd love for you to join us. Here's Bob Wilkin with something that he thinks of when he thinks of our national conference. I really like the conference because it's a wonderful opportunity to get together with friends from all over the country who are strong on the grace of God. And I find myself very encouraged. It is quite an atmosphere, an atmosphere of encouragement indeed. So plan to join us. Find out details on our website, faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. And now here are Ken and Bob with today's discussion. And we have a great question, Bob, from Ben. Okay. He takes exception with you on one of your blogs. He's at a Reformed church. And okay, before you go on, let me say there's a difference between Calvinism and Reformed. Right. All Reformed people are Calvinists, but not all Calvinists are Reformed. The Reformed people believe in their view of covenants, and they believe in their view of eschatology, the last days. They believe in their practices regarding baptism, etc., You can have a Calvinist soteriology, the doctrine of salvation, and yet be a dispensationalist. Sure. Like, for example, John MacArthur claims to be a leaky dispensationalist. Right. Right. And he's a Calvinist, but he's not reformed. He's not reformed. Right. Okay. But this guy's reformed pastor, right? Yes. And he's also, he takes issue with your fifth point. And the fifth point of Calvinism is the P in TULIP, T-U-L-I-P. The P stands for Perseverance of the Saints. Which could be the sixth point, because it's both preservation and perseverance. Perseverance, right. And in your article, he says, you state, and this is a quote, under Perseverance of the Saints, you cannot be sure of your salvation because you cannot be sure if you are one of the elect with special gift faith who will persevere in faith and good works until death. So, In your blog, what you're saying there is that perseverance of the saints, as taught by Calvinists, five-point Calvinists, are that if you're truly saved, you're going to persevere in good works. If you're one of the elect, you're going to persevere in good works until the end. You might fall and trip, but you're going to keep going up. Right. Okay. And he says here, I was wondering what you meant here. There is a branch of Reformed theology called hyper-Calvinism that struggles with assurance, and they do wonder if they are actually elect, but they are a small group. So Ben is saying that Calvinists who do not have assurance are a small group. 
And he says the classic Reformed confessions do teach assurance and that one can be sure of their salvation. Well, there's lots of things I could say in response to Ben's question. First of all, I've heard Joel Beakey speak before, B-E-E-K-E. He wrote his dissertation at Westminster Theological Seminary, a leading Reformed seminary, probably the leading Reformed seminary in America, on section 18 of the Westminster Confession of Faith. His book that it came out of his dissertation is called The Quest for Assurance. That should tell you all you need to know. David Engelsma, who taught for many years in various reform schools, he wrote a booklet called The Gift of Assurance, and he's a five-point Calvinist. He talks about the fact that the Puritan branch of the Reformation, which is the English branch of the Reformation, led to doubt, and people were constantly on a quest for assurance. Their whole life was a search for this elusive assurance, and he called it a gospel of doubt because that is where Puritan theology is. So I would disagree with Ben. I think most Calvinists, most Reformed people, lack assurance, if by assurance you mean certainty. Now, I assume what Ben means is what the Westminster Confession of Faith means about assurance, which is some level of confidence. And there's a fuller assurance that can give you a higher level of confidence. So if you're living godly you can be more assured. Right. Let me give you an example of a conversation I had. I believe the year was 2001. I went to the Ligonier Conference, which was a Reformed conference. R.C. Sproul was heading up Ligonier Ministries, and he was speaking at this conference. Before the conference, I met with a Reformed pastor of a large church, about a 1,000, and teaching at a leading Reformed seminary. I asked him at breakfast, we had a mutual friend, and so we had breakfast together. Tell me, is it true, according to Calvinism, that only those who persevere in faith and good works will get into the kingdom? And he said, well, of course. And I said, well, is it true, according to Scripture, that no one can be sure they will persevere in faith and good works until they die? And he said, well, of course. He said, in 1 Corinthians 9.27... The Apostle Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. So Paul was not assured that he would persevere. That's what he said. Right. And he said, if Paul, the Apostle, was not sure, how could anyone else possibly be sure? And so I said, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that mean that we can't be certain where we're going until we die? And this pastor of a thousand people, Reformed pastor, seminary professor, teaching the next generation, he said to me, look, I see in my life what I think are the works of the Spirit. And if they are, then I'm going to get into the kingdom. But I recognize I could be mistaken and I could fall away. And if I fall away, then I'm going to the lake of fire forever. You know, I just want to jump in on that for a second. I've always been bothered by free grace people say it, and he's saying it as well, that you can't be sure until you die. I would go a step further than that. Even when you die, you can't be sure. Because think of what he just said. I could be deceived that what I think is good works are not. So even when I die, if I say, hey, I've been going to church, I've been doing this, I've been praying, I've been reading my Bible, and I think, man, I've really done well, but maybe I've deceived myself. 
Well, you know, and so, I think you're right. In light of Matthew seven twenty one to 23, it seems to me at the great white throne judgment, there are going to be people who are trying to argue their case they should get in. Right. It seems to me that if you're going to be a five-point Calvinist like that, then you're going to say, well, no, I'm not going to know when I die. I'm not going to know until I stand before him. Yeah. You know, this question that Ben asked, it intrigues me because my experience talking to Calvinists is the exact opposite. The ones I talk to, all of them doubt it. To me, this is one of the biggest problems and probably the biggest problem in our churches today. If you ask people, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? I think the vast majority of people, and my guess even in his church, would say, no, I don't know. I hope to make it. Well, you know, the funny thing is the Evangelism Explosion Program came out of D. James Kennedy's church, a Reformed pastor. Their opening question in Evangelism Explosion is, if you were to die today and stood before God, and he said, why should I let you into my heaven, what would you say? And the incorrect answer is, well, I'm better than most people. (laughs) I follow the golden rule. I'm trying hard. Or I'm persevering in good works. I'm persevering in good whatever it is. But then when you get to the end and the person prays the prayer and they give their life to Christ and they do whatever EE says you're supposed to do in order to be born again, well, then at that point, if they were to ask, now, how do you know you're saved? They say, well, you look at your works to see if you're on a trajectory that suggests you're going to persevere. Well, so what was the wrong answer at the beginning is the right answer at the end. I find it bizarre. And by the way, I've also found it bizarre. I saw a series of letters between Zane Hodges and a friend of mine, and they went back and forth because the person was arguing that you don't ever have to be sure of your eternal destiny in order to be born again. And Hodges was saying, no, no, that's what you believe in Jesus for. You have to believe in him as your savior. You can't believe in him as he's given you a shot. You need to believe he's actually saved you. And the person said, he said, I tell everybody, if you died today and you appear before God, what would you say? And if they give an answer other than faith, then I clear it up. And and Hodges wrote back and said, you know, friend, there's a big difference between saying, I know I'm saved today, as opposed to I know I'm saved forever. I would be curious, because Ben is is saying that as a Calvinist, he has assurance. It seems to me that he would have to say then that he rejects the fifth point of Calvinism. Well, or he'd have to say, like some Calvinists, that all perseverance means is there'll be some work somewhere along the line, but the person's not guaranteed to do what Paul says he doesn't know he's going to do, right? Okay, so he would Ben would say then that you don't have to persevere to the end. If you're doing good works now, you've... Yeah. I, I hope that's the case, Ben. Yeah, but I, if that's not the case with Ben, then my prayer for him is that he will pray about this and study the Gospel of John and see if it's really as simple as believing in Jesus and that it's not conditioned on perseverance. I think, probably, Ben means by assurance some level of confidence. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. And yeah. if he does then my hope for him is he will gain certainty because yeah, like, that's what I have, he needs. I have some level of, I'm a pastor now, I'm doing good. I, I have a, a pretty good level of assurance, but yeah. that's not the same thing no. as certainty, right? No. So thank you so much for the question, Ben. And remember, keep, keep grace, grace in focus. Zane Hodges' excellent commentary on Romans, entitled Romans Deliverance from Wrath, is available right now on our website, faithalone.org. 
Get half price through February 28, 2023, when you use the code word ROMANS. That's faithalone.org. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of Scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. You'll be glad you did. God loves a cheerful giver, and that's why we think our financial partners are some of the happiest people in the world. If you would like to learn how to become a financial partner with Grace in Focus, we would very much appreciate it. Learn more at faithalone.org. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And on the next episode of Grace in Focus, I hope you'll join us. There is an interesting statement by our Lord in Matthew chapter 18 when he talks about cutting off one of our own arms or legs that might be making us sin. And what should you do with that arm or leg or eye if you do remove it from your body? Well, we have some thoughts about it. Love to share them with you. On our next edition, please join us. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.